politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots, to the one and only CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house for another terrific day of broadcast here on Thursday, calling all Minutemen. We need all of you, Minutemen. We need every last one of you. You don't know how impactful you are and can be because there's so few of us. Is there no one willing to stand up? Is there no one willing to focus on the issues that matter and understand what's at stake and move heaven and earth to bring the firefighters in the water to where the fire is? What I'm referring to is we have Fauci, Osterholm, all these guys, top to bottom, all the guys in the States, feds, telling us, that they will continue the COVID fascism for the rest of our lives. They are saying it openly now. Okay, this is not some sort of exaggeration. They are saying it openly. Where are we? Are we going to allow ourselves and our children to never live like human beings again? Because if we don't stand up now, that's what's going to happen. And you, you turn on these like big talk show hosts And it's like it doesn't exist. They're always focused on the damn soap opera in D.C. And I'm not saying there aren't important lessons and things going on, and we'll talk about it. But it's a a question of what do you do with it? Which is why we're going to get active. There's a lot on the agenda today. Next couple days. And obviously next week we're going to have an irregular schedule. The shows are going to come out different times. I'm not going to have all five next week because... Obviously, we'll be in front sight together, and that's the thing. I'm really looking forward to meeting. I think about 50 of you are coming. There's going to be a total of 170 um, out there. Uh, Obviously, they're going to be divided up on a number of different ranges, but those of you who are missing out on the fun, beautiful weather, by the way. It's going to be like highs in the 60s, low in the 40s, so a little bit on the cool side, but you know, with the desert sun, it gets a little warm during the midday out there in Pahrump. But those of you who are jealous, you don't have to be jealous. Go to constitutioncoach.com and they have March classes on defense training. They have May and June classes. So hopefully one of them will work out for you. They have, with every session, there's a three-day and a five-day class. Five-day, you get to do a little bit more advanced those final two days. Um and have a great time, meet patriots, and, and and start organizing and getting names. And that's what I'm going to do. But it's a really good deal, 90% off with Rick Green and my buddies at Patriot Academy. They have this special deal with Front Sight. Normally, the training's very expensive um, because it's, it's very high quality. Um, but it, 90% off, and I think there's some really good deals you could access once you go there the first time. So you want to make sure you take advantage of this. Again, constitutioncoach.com. Um, and, and, and that's the thing. I could collect my paycheck like any of these other writers and talk show hosts and make pretend like I'm making a difference. But I'm frustrated. We're 10 months into this. The worst fascism that's built on the most illogical, immoral, double standard absurdities that don't add up scientifically, much less legally, 
And, and even in the reddest areas, there's no fight. The question we need to be asking is why don't we have a Ron DeSantis in every position? And as my buddy Steve Dace did a terrific show yesterday, I was on his show, but even before I came on, he was making this point. Florida is an even state. It's broken a little bit red, did very well last time, but it's still, it's a very large state with a lot of urban areas, very diverse. There are so many states that are so much more conservative. Trump won it by four. What's the excuse for Alabama and Mississippi and West Virginia and Indiana and Ohio and Idaho and Texas, Oklahoma, all these states? Name me where you could live free and enjoy life with your children. Have your children not be abused and their breathing restricted. Tell me where even a rape victim and someone with a disability could go and get an exemption. You don't. You can't. ADA and OSHA are out the, out the window. Where are the lawsuits? A week into Biden's executive order, it's ripe for pickings in, in, in a lawsuit. I can't find a single lawsuit. If I were barred, I would, you know, we're legally barred as an attorney. I would, I would go and, and, and file one. But wh- where is this? We need to continue shaming the attorneys. Attorneys general, I mean. And folks, this is what we're working up to. I'm not going to tell you this is the end all. But I'm trying to form an organization out of the audience of this show and then expand it. Something I don't think anyone has ever done. Because the big talkers just want to talk. I want to do. But when I say an organization, I mean literally no overhead. I mean, we have vol- just like I'm volunteering extra time, we're going to have volunteers from the audience we already do that run the Facebook Minimum Speakeasy page, but they're going to run this website. It's going to start off being CAN, yes, we can, Constitution Action Network. So it's going to be conaction.network is going to be the site when we get it up and working. And you, everyone can volunteer. You tell us about yourself, what you're willing to do, what state it is. And I'm gonna. it's going to be very simple. We're going to have about 10 issues at a given time. But if a new issue arises, a new fire arises, we got to put it out. I'm sick of these organizations that are created you know, like the Titanic and they can't turn around the ship. They're created for issue A and it becomes obsolete and there's a bigger issue and we have no men on the field. And we're going to create... Liberty strike forces, at least, you know, ideally you have it in 50 states, but let's start in the 20 most conservative states. If you're not from there, join one of those places. Join an adjacent state that is relevant, that we have trifectas and strong Republican majorities that need to be pressured and shamed into doing what's right. So we're going to have like 10 issues and then 10 strategies, how to work the issue, how to meet with your county issue County officials and state officials. Publishing maybe a weekly circular of legislation and ideas and data, whether it's COVID, whether it's other stuff. Here's what needs to be done. Exposing the rhinos. Running for office yourself at a local level. Championing others who are. So you have the pressure at the same time, pressuring them to do the right thing, but also the looming primary challenge. It's the best we can do. Now, obviously, the Republican Party is irremediably broken. 
But for this election cycle, the idea would be to run Patriot candidates on the Republican line, but in name only, and just shame these guys. And if we succeed, eventually that will turn into the new party. But there's a lot that could be done. Just with the tens of thousands of people in this audience, and if each of you would find three to five other people that are clamoring to make a difference and do something, there's so much more we can do. I'm not saying we're going to win all the time everywhere with every issue. But we'll win some places, some of the time on some issues. Right now, we don't have an effective mechanism to expose, track, monitor, and pressure a single civilization issue, even in the reddest of states. They're robbing us in broad daylight. This is how you had the vote last night. I'm sure many of you have seen whether to just simply remove Liz Cheney as the conference chair. We're not removing her from committee assignments like they're doing to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Just look. I mean, if you voted to impeach Trump, you can't be part of the leadership. And the vote was, what, 140-something to 61? 29% of the House conference. Okay, we're not talking about her supporting COVID fascism. If we had a vote against that, we'd only get like 5%. We're talking about like the biggest thing, voting to impeach Trump, okay? That's what everyone's all hyped up about. 29%, that's all we can get. Now, a lot of people have pointed out that if it would be a public vote, it would have been different. But that's the point. There are a lot of public votes, and we don't create them. We need these inflection moments, these moments of clarity where they can't weasel out of it. But what it does tell you is that left to their own devices, without any ability to scrutinize who they are, only 29% have even a shred of conservatism in them. And this is the House. You look at the Senate, it's easily easily less than 10% of Republicans. And this is how, how we have every single state legislature. Everyone has the same story. Maybe a third are good. In the House, a fifth in the Senate. And I don't mean of the body, I mean of the Republican members. And this is my goal. As starting off. And then obviously we have to start not just parallel candidates and parallel governance, shadow boxing. And I want to talk about shadow governments too. If we have time, I'm going to have an article on that tomorrow. But we're going to have to start in the private sector too because we literally can't live our lives without the COVID cult. You can't teach anywhere. You can't practice law. You can't medicine. We're going to have to start creating our own things. But first, a word from our sponsor today, ExpressVPN. Folks, if you supported Trump, or if you're just not a communist, you understand they're coming for you. They're going to continue their campaign of censorship, repression, cancel culture, until every last voice is crushed. They're backed by the media, and some of the largest corporate companies in the world, and really the government itself. Big tech and the far left have formed the impervious bond to track, censor, and spy on us. We always wonder, how did they accumulate such power? And the answer is because 
we all haven't been using Ex- ExpressVPN for, you know, really since day one. Everything you search for, click, watch, is tracked. And then they match it to your IP address and they sell it. That's how they become so powerful. When you switch to ExpressVPN, like I did with my computer and iPhone, I think we have one iPad we use for homeschooling and a laptop. Your, v- your IP is masked by a secure VPN server. And that makes it much harder for the websites to identify you. It encrypts your network data. It also protects sensitive information from other hackers, not just big tech. You could use it up on up to five devices for the basic subscription. And again, it's just one click on all your devices. That's why it's rated number one by CNET and Wired. So folks, stop handing over your data to big tech companies and their far-left enablers in government. Defend your rights with the VPN I trust for my devices. Put a mask on your IP, not on your face. Visit expressvpn.com slash conservative. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash conservative to get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com conservative right now to learn more and fight back against big tech. And... You know, this is what it's going to take because I'm telling you, we have to form our own groups. I'm going to tell you a heartbreaking story that's crushing me. So we all have this problem that what do you do with your children? You can't go anywhere. In the dead of winter, you have to just like hike outside. And even then, you could have Karens yelling at you outdoors. But you can't take them to enjoy any like jumping or climbing or any. There's no way. And we're like, oh my gosh, you can't do this. After 10 months, you got to show your your work, right? Kids don't spread. They're not vectors of spread. It's not a danger thing. Masks don't work anywhere. The cloth masks, everyone agreed, don't work. We're going to talk about that. A lot of people got the vaccine. We got the virus. Come on, there's got to be an endpoint, right? No, there isn't. And we have to create, A, fight in the red states to take off the mandates, but B, create our parallel universe. So, you know, Obviously, I homeschool my kids. One of the kids is part of a pod. And, and it's actually a very large pod at this point. It's almost like a school. And, and thankfully, we've held the line and, and there's no mass mandates. But connected to it, you know, not all the kids, but a lot of the kids from there. I don't think the parent that is doing this sends there. But he's an architect. And he offered to do extracurriculum. And it's very nice of him. He's not getting paid just for the wood, the supplies, to do woodworking with the kids. And it's like, where could kids ever go and be with other kids and make projects? So we go to the basement of this place. And the guy comes over to me and he's like, and me and my kids, of course, maybe there's 15, 17 people there are the only ones not doing the diaper. He's like, you know, did you, could you put on a mask? And I'm like, I look at it, look, do, do we really have to do this? I'm like, look, I'm not going to cause you problems. I'll, I'll leave if need be because I wanted to make it clear, like, I wasn't going to go the other way and put it on. I just was going to leave. And I said, look, you know, does it really matter? And and he's like, look, it's just a matter of fairness to everyone. I I don't look. I think it's stupid. I don't need to be wearing this garbage. And I actually later found out that this guy is anti-vax. So, I mean, he's hardcore. And, and this is this is a big part of my point here. 
This is a big part of my point. This guy is very hardcore. And still, he was so worried about other people. It's his own private thing. So he, um, then he, like, embarrasses us and, like, you know, when, when everyone's there, okay, do you mind if they're not wearing a mask? And, and again, to, to their credit, it's mainly homeschoolers. It's mainly people in my community, religious Jews. They're, you know, right wing. So they said no. And whatever. But, you know, I felt uncomfortable. I stayed a little bit off to the side. But my kids, I think, enjoyed it. And, and he's, look, again, I'm not even trying to criticize the guy. A couple days ago, you know, this is supposed to be once a week, and we're going to do it next Wednesday. He sends out a text and is like, yeah, you know, everyone really, we need to make peace and everyone needs to wear it. Like, basically, like, we need to accommodate everyone. I'm like, I, I don't get it. We're the ones never being accommodated. We literally can't live anywhere and do anything. The other side is always being accommodated. And here's the deal. They have a built-in accommodation because they're wearing their mask. So commensurate with your belief that it works and that it's so important that you need to abuse children and violate discrimination and ADA and OSHA and just do absurd things that demonstrably don't work. So it should work then. How does me not wearing it affect? Half of us already had it or had the vaccine. And it just doesn't matter. And what bothered me was, this is a group of largely conservatives. And I know they don't, if they believed in it, I would feel a little better because, okay, I'll find people who don't believe in it. But they don't believe in it. But still, it's, they're so, everyone's so scared. I'm not talking about people even going to TSA and going on an airplane or even a store. I'm talking about your own private thing that no one's going to find out. The government's not going to find out. We enforce it on each other. What are we doing? Okay, April, May, June. But at this point, especially when we have all the information, it rises and falls on its own. Between the vaccine and, and, and natural infection, it's 50% already. What are, you, what are you doing already? You can't get lodging. You can't get transportation. You can't do anything. ADA and OSHA law, anti-discrimination law, it's all in there. You can't even ask people what their health status is. But even if you tell them, I hear people say, literally, I'm a rape victim and my mouth was covered. Shut up. I don't care. That's our policy. It, where are the lawsuits? ADA has become such a cottage industry, you downright have to take affirmative steps to accommodate people, which you know a lot of us think is ridiculous. But here, you're, you're doing nothing. You're forcing someone else to take an action. Just leave them alone. It's become, it, it, it's insane. There's no end point to it. And they're making it very clear. They're talking about the variant strains. Oh, the vaccine doesn't work. Natural infection doesn't work. And we're going to, I'll explain if we have time. It's a lie. So the vaccine is so important. You need to get it. Oh, but it's not that important because you still need to wear a mask. Oh, but a mask doesn't work. But wear two masks. Three masks. It never ends. Masks are so effective that they can't work and they require a vaccine to do their job. 
But even with a vaccine and natural immunity, they still don't work. So the charade must go on. Also, they're so affected that if you don't wear one, you're almost murdering someone. But they're wearing one. I mean, you have people, again, with breathing issues. I'm not talking about even myself. I'm just talking about there are a lot of people with very legitimate issues. And they can't get medical care. You're in a hospital with doctors that are covered with PPE. But you wearing a cloth mask, then that's fine. When everyone agrees. I want to play for you. And everyone needs to hear this. It's going to be, a you know, the first clip's going to be maybe five minutes. The second clip's going to be three minutes. It's going to be a lot of audio here. But you need to hear this. I think I've played one clip before. But evidently, few people know of this. This exposes the entire fraud. First of all, there's a great video online of a guy in a very cold weather you know, when you you see your breath, um, you know, the particles go in the air and you can actually see it. He put on a mask, two masks, three masks, all of them. He put on an N95. And it didn't work. It gets out. Everyone knows that. We knew that before we had the real life experiment, but 10 months later, we see it doesn't work. Do you know that it's going down everywhere in the world except for in Israel? For some reason, the virus is raging and they have the highest vaccine rate, plus, like, you'll get shot for not wearing a mask there. And the lockdowns. It's, it's, it, I mean, this is insane. It's got to stop. We're not doing enough. But you got to hear this. Dr. Michael Osterholm. This guy has about as impressive of a resume as you're going to get on immunology, epidemiology, works for the University of Minnesota. He is Biden's top COVID advisor. Okay? On June 12th, he did an interview. It's about maybe 50 minutes long. It starts at like 35 minutes into it, if you want to hear the mask part, with the Midway Chamber of Commerce in Minnesota. Now, I'm going I'm to play a long clip here, but I want you to keep in mind... Two things. Number one, this is June 12th. So not the Jerome Adams and Fauci clips from January, February, and March. This is June 12th. I remember at that point, this had long become a religion. You were long couldn't go anywhere at that point without a mask. It was a religion. Okay? Now, mind you, he's a private citizen at this point. Okay? He's not well-known in politics, now he's Biden's advisor, but this is Dr. Michael Osterholm, the scientist. You will not get a better resume than him, and he is literally Biden's top gun now. June 12th, okay? June 12th, also, I just want you to know, watch the video because you gotta see his body language too. It really says a lot, but let's take a long listen to what he had to say. Um, can a cloth mask or a surgical mask reduce the likelihood? Well, let's look at it from two perspectives. If it's me trying to, I'm trying to protect myself. Um, there are some limited data that says it may reduce the risk, but let me just make a point here. If you're walking across an intersection and a semi comes along at 50 miles an hour and hits you as you're walking across, that's not good. But if you're walking across that same intersection 
and a Ford pickup comes by and hits you at 50 miles an hour, that's not good either. So merely reducing the size didn't stop the outcome from happening that both did. And so all the data we would have say at this point that that just masking of itself with a cloth mask or a surgical mask surely may reduce the number of particles you put out, big particles, or the big particles that get in, but it's the little particles that are coming along the sides that are the real problem. And so I'm, I'm telling you, you know, I would throw the kitchen sink at this thing if I thought that it would make a difference. Uh, masks are not a major issue. And by the way, in 1918, there were actually some very exhaustive studies done on masks. After that, and John Barry, the historian who we work with closely, will tell you not one of them found that they made any difference. Number two is, just think about this, common sense. This, this is a group of common sense people here. The area of the world where geographically we have the most high, the highest frequency of mask wearing is just a social cultural event was in China, Hubei province, China, in November and December of last year. Did that mask wearing have any impact on that emergence of that horrible, horrible uh, city on fire situation? I mean, that was one where we had virtually everyone wearing masks publicly. Didn't make a difference. And so I only say this because if you want to wear a mask, go ahead, feel free. I worry, though, that people who are at risk of having severe disease will take that mask and now assume a level of protection that they don't really have and then put themselves in harm's way in a way that they wouldn't have otherwise. And so there's a downside to that. Finally, I just find the social political pressure. You know, today, if you don't wear a mask, oh my God, how, what a bad person you are. So, you know, uh, and, and unfortunately, we've now come to make judgments, not on science, but on basically emotions. And I worry about that because this one's not kind of a big one. But what if we start saying, okay, all heavy people, we're going to do this to you because you're at risk of getting this disease more. Or all people who are of this age, we're going to do this to you because you're at higher risk. And they can say, well, you know, I'm using the same basis for making those recommendations that I made for the mass. Maybe it will help. And at some point, you just as a I'm a scientist. I'm just a poor, lowly scientist. I'm just sitting here telling you, these are the data. You know, you make a decision how you decide. And I'm telling you right now that I, I, it, I, the masking is not an issue. Let me just conclude it by saying, my daughter is, and I'm incredibly proud of her, is the chief of the neonatal intensive care unit at the University of Minnesota. You know, amazing human. <laughs> uh, she took after her mother. And she's in there delivering babies from women right now who are severely ill with COVID disease. And that delivery room is swimming with virus, swimming with virus. I can't tell you, swimming with virus. And I think about her as a mother of three kids, and if she doesn't have an N95 mask on, and even then, I can't tell you the fear I have of that. So at the same time, I would tell you exactly what I would tell my daughter. You know, it's either N95 or you don't have protection. And I think that's what I have to honestly tell people like you. If I want you not to get infected, that's it. So from a mask issue, I would just say, I, I can't make it any clearer than this. If you want to wear one, go ahead. But know that the science isn't there to say you're going to have a material impact on what happens with this pandemic. Folks, you, this is unmistakable. So there's a number of principles, he says here, number of principles that are very important. It's very categorical and it can't be walked back. You see, naturally, it's not just like, yeah, it's not worth it. 
he was speaking from very deep conviction with a very high degree of specificity that if anything, it's been proven more right than even he was saying, not the other way around. So let's start from one end. So he starts off N90. He's very, one thing he is consistent about, he's very bullish on N95s. So let's put that aside. That's irrelevant because you're not having anywhere near more than 1% of people wearing them. Um, He's actually wrong on that because, first of all, when he says N95, he means, and he says this, a form-fitted N95. That's a big difference because you see a lot of people walking around with it. Like if you ever see these like, politicians some of the governors they look like they have a birthday hat on their face they look like a bunch of clowns it's not clamped so they wear the n95 like a cloth mask so his whole thing is that the sides are an even bigger problem than the front because the front at least is something there now i don't know why he doesn't say further like the something is a joke i mean he kind of does talk about a screen door on a sub a submarine i don't know um that that he says that a little bit before in the clip in that video, but it's it's meaningless. Like we, we've said, you know, cloth masks are are hundreds, sometimes thousands of times larger. Um, the surgical masks are thirty to fifty times larger than the Virons, um, and that that is an incontrovertible fact. No one disagrees with that. Um, but he talks about it like it comes out the sides. It's the point of least resistance, which is why he is still consistent in his fact that he's saying double masking makes the seal even worse, and it comes out the side. So that much he's consistent on. But what did he say from deep conviction? He said studies were done in 1918 and it was a joke. It didn't work. Okay? He says very clearly it might stop the big particles, but it's not the big particles as we know. It's the aerosols. The big particles are big and they go down. They don't get in your mouth unless you're holding a baby and the baby sneezes on you. But Any human being, especially with everyone keeping a distance, you're never going to get a droplet in your mouth. It's the microscopic aerosols and that it does nothing for. It's not just, oh, it doesn't work. He's saying why it doesn't work. And then he talked about China. He's like, they wear it like anything and they got the biggest initial outbreak. And now since then, we have this, whatever example you want to give, California and Israel versus Sweden and Florida. We could go example after example. Ian Miller's by Ian Miller by now of Rational Ground has over a hundred charts easily, probably several hundred charts on this. We have all the data backing up what he said, and then he said that the social pressure. He said the point I'm saying: the moral hazard of shaming people. Into something, like, you want to wear it, wear it. But, like, dude, it doesn't help unless you're wearing an N95. And he said, what if we started saying fat people can't do this or that? Exactly what I said. The shaming has been worse than you could imagine. People with disabilities. The draconian stuff, the two-year-old on the plane. More than he could ever imagine. And then, And then he closes by just saying, look, I'm just a scientist, but I'm telling you, you know, the data, you can make a decision how you decide. I'm just telling you right now, masking is not an issue. He didn't say, look, you know, it's 50%. It's not going to stop it, but it's like, uh, no, he said it's not an issue. The data just isn't there. The science isn't there. It's N95 or nothing. I don't know if I played that part of the clip, but um, watch the whole thing. There's even more. I didn't want to, you know, play it that long. Now... 
I want you guys to go ahead and listen to the second clip from today or yesterday, I think Wednesday, in front of the Senate Health Finance Committee of the Minnesota Lower House, their house, the state legislature, and of course it was a Zoom hearing, and they had him testify, and one of the members, I don't know who it was, uh, you could see it on, on a video, it's on Facebook, one of the members asks Osterholm about his change of heart, like, how did he change his heart? Take a listen to what he said. Uh, first of all, on the mask issue, I have not deviated from day one on my position on that. Let me be very clear about that. Number one is the fact that when we talk about masks, unfortunately, we confuse several different types of respiratory protection. N95 respirators are very tight face-fitting devices that we use in healthcare mm -hmm. that actually has a blown melted material, uh, not, a, not a type of product that's got like paper that actually has the unique properties of allowing air to flow through it quite easily because of the size of the pores, but has an electrostatic charge in it. So it traps the viruses as they come through so that you can still breathe, but get the virus through. You move to a surgical mask or some call medical mask, which is actually more loose fitting and it has uh, 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 spaces along the face. This is the problem with face and or face fit and face filtration. So you may stop the air in a sense of with the virus coming through in the cloth. But if you have spaces open here, basically, as you breathe and you have resistance, it's just like swim goggles. When's the last time you put a swim mask on or swim goggles? They leaked at the glass. They leak at the fit. And mm -hmm. so surgical masks are like that. Now, they can still reduce the amount of air that you take in or that you expel out that has virus in it. Then you get to the face cloth coverings, which are even less effective, but they still have effectiveness, meaning that basically, again, that tighter face fit, the cloth isn't nearly as able to filter out the viruses that come through. But this is a cumulative issue. A dose is very important. It's not like lightning hits you and suddenly become infected. You have to be in an environment and you have to be exposed to that virus over a period of time. How many breaths do you inhale per minute? How much is in the air? And so think of it more like a car and safety, your seatbelt, your airbags, your you know collapsible uh, wall panels, all these things contribute to safety. Not one of them is what saves you. It's all of them. So in terms of the N95 respirators, we've got to reserve those for our healthcare workers. Yep. They, we just need those. That's, this is critical. Second of all, what my whole message has been, wear these devices, whether it be a surgical mask, but distancing is still important. It's time and dose. So, for example, when I go grocery shopping, I still go at 5 a.m. in the morning because it's, the to me, the safest time to be there. No one else is there. I have this run of the store to myself. Okay? And, and so do wear these masks just knowing that they're much less efficient, but they still provide some protection that may be the protection that saves you from that trip to the store from getting infected. Folks, the hubris is unbelievable. He literally, you can't... <laughs> so, a couple things. He first throws in the N95 thing, like as if, well, I always said N95s work. Well, yeah, but that, that's a straw man. First of all, by definition... The longer you're in a room, the more it's a problem, as he admitted. So by definition, with few exceptions, the more people are forced to wear them, the more they find the lightest cloth mask, and they're not wearing an N95 for 10 hours. 
I don't even think N95s would help for this. But the point is, if everyone would, they'd be dead. Part of the reason why we're not seeing short-term, immediate problems is because the people that, you know, you go into a store for a second, whatever, but the people that are wearing it 8, 10 hours at work, they're not wearing N95s. If they did, they would have problems. The same reason they're not having evident breathing problems is because it's not effective. It's a joke. So now he conjures up this whole new science that he explicitly rejected. He didn't say it's not foolproof last time, but it is half-proof. He said it's meaningless. It's like putting a screen on a submarine. Now he comes up with this whole viral load theory. Oh, it reduces the viral load. No, it doesn't. First of all, that's not what he said the last time. You look at his body language. He said it's a joke. Now he's saying a very serious thing. He's saying that makes the difference between a deadly viral load versus a non Well, that's a huge thing. Watch the original video. And you see, he laughs at it. Folks, the viral load thing is mentally ill. Here's the way the viral load thing started. So, and by the way, every randomized controlled trial shows the opposite of this. And the Denmark trial, the flu trials, including N95s, by the way, have been disproven. There is really no evidence of efficacy in, in an RCT. Just the stupid blowing particles in a lab, which is meaningless. But, but, here's the thing. Here's the deal. You, what happened was we had, you know, last, late winter, early spring, the virus blew up. And then by May, and then into June, July, August, it died. Now, what was happening was an interesting thing. We called it the case-demic. There were a lot of testing positives, but very few people were dying. Very few people were hospitalized or getting sick. So, so th these guys wanted to posit, aha, here's what it is. Okay, the mask doesn't stop the cases, but it lowers the viral load. That, that's where they came up with this. But here's the deal. It didn't end there. It came back with a vengeance even more in the fall and the winter. And now it's now it's done. And it's going down globally because it's all cyclical. So in retrospect, what happened was it was seasonal. Everyone was like, oh, we thought it was seasonal. It's not. The cases are still here. It turns out most of them were bogus cases with high CT levels. It didn't go away completely. But it really wasn't, you know, it circulated a little bit, but not much. In the, in, the, in the spring and summer, it doesn't, it, it's, you know, it's like most flus. It was seasonal, except for Hope Simpson, you know, in the um, southern latitudes were a little bit later. They got in June, you know, like in June, July. But for most areas, it didn't circulate. What, so now it doesn't protect viral load? In Israel, they have a very high death rate. It, it literally, it's mentally ill. He, he would have laughed at this in June, and now we have all the data to show it's incontrovertibly wrong. Oh, they work here. It, does, it doesn't work here. It works at that moment. Oh, but now it doesn't work. No, it's all natural, seasonal, and geographical, you idiot. And he knows this. He knows this. This is how much it has corrupted the top scientists. This is unbelievable. How they're able to get away with this. You, you're allowed to believe in conspiracy theories. Actually, the left is saying you're not. That's a crime. 
But I don't mind if they believe in stupid conspiracy theories. But they're shoving it on us and our children and our lives. Disabled, rape victims, no exceptions, no endpoint, no standards of evidence that they have to present at some point to show anything. Are we going to take this sitting down? No. If we just took the members of this audience, and even if most people in your life are bought into it, I'm sure you know three to five people that aren't. And we organize, and we're going to have this website, so we're going to curate. And then we're going to start, we'll have a, you know, a team leader. And it's not going to be centralized. I'm just organizing it. You could do what you want. You could have your own website for your state chapter, have subdivisions of by issue and, and, and county. You can't have one person be burnt out. You have to have division of labor. This has got to be the number one issue. There's so much information. It's got to stop. And the biggest thing is, when does it end, folks? When does it end? Stop moving the goalposts. Look me in the eye and tell me this won't be for the rest of my life. This is satanic. They're doing it on high school athletes. Again, a survey in Minnesota of 2,000 high school athletes found that 80% had a hard time breathing, 52% experienced fatigue, 48 players had to go to urgent care, and a couple of them had to go in an ambulance. All for a freaking lie! A lie five layers over! Children! Vectors of spread! How it spreads! This is utterly insane! They don't work. And if you could find some expensive form-fitted clamped N95, I got news for you. If you don't wear it in the right environment with oxygenation and for a short duration and whatever, A, you're going to wind up touching it a million times and reusing it anyway because it's so expensive. So then it's going to be just as the same problem with that you have with the surgical mask and the cloth mask. Or you will drop dead. The two are inversely related. You can't have it both ways. Oh, it's no problem. It's not a big deal. Oh, this is going to save your life. Uh, no, because if it does, then you'll feel it. Believe me, you'll feel your oxygen cut off. If you don't, it's bullcrap. And everyone knows it. It's incontrovertibly clear. What is wrong with us? Why do we keep going along with this? And it starts in your own private home and your own private get-togethers. At least stop enforcing it on each other. Come on. You know, we had um, Kimberly Wagard on the show a couple days ago, one of the best guests we ever had. And she said, look, yeah, I could earn a living and just force everyone to walk in with a mask. Meanwhile, they'll take it off three seconds later to eat anyway. But I'm just not doing this. I'm not doing it to my workers. I'm not doing it because it's immoral and because someone has to put a stop to it and she shamed other businesses for enforcing what the government knows they can enforce and what's immoral and illegal and illogical and inhumane. Well, a judge just ordered her, the judge in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania, just said you either have to do it or close. She issued the following statement to her guests and supporters and I'm going to read it. The Allegheny County judge who heard our case filed an injunction against uh, the cracked egg to cease and desist operations on the basis of the government's edicts. 
This is not unexpected as he is in Allegheny County. Therefore, our legal team is filing a stay in order to have said judge render a yes or no on continued operation of our business until we, an expedited appeal is filed by our uh, attorneys at Lam- Lample Law Offices. Since the injunction is based in law and not mandate, we at the Cracked Egg are obligated to give the judicial system its due and another day in court. This means we will have to temporarily close our doors in order to give our legal team the time to overturn this injunction. This does not mean we're giving up but fighting the good fight legally until judgment is made on our appeal. Um, And that's where it is. So she is actually... And I agree with her strategically because you you, you can't have one isolated person just go through the... You know, and this is what I was arguing for Larvita. I said, look, I'm not saying to give up. I'm just saying temporarily take the pressure off and let's create a more robust movement and get a better legal case. Because otherwise, it's not a matter of going to jail. You're going to go to jail for nothing and it's not going to solve anything. It's not going to change any policy. So she did the next best thing, which is I'm just closing it rather than opening up with the masks and good for her. So we're going to follow that case. But this is what it is. I understand that people are scared to do it alone. and But that, that's what I'm trying to do. Get to the sheriff. Get to the county prosecutor. Get to the county commission and the school board. And then shame, shame, shame your state legislatures into action. Every red state is going to have at least one patriot that has a bill to repeal it. I know where they are now. Find them and shame your members. Get their statements on the record. Publish it. Shame the governor. Shame the attorney general. If you're a lawyer, we need to put together ADA and OSHA lawsuits. I'm going to try to get a very prominent, successful lawyer on the show who's had success against this in Oklahoma. This is the best we can do. So... In the coming days, watch for this. It's going to take time to organize it, but you know I want to get... It's a huge audience. It's not as big as some of the big ones, but certainly we could easily get 10, 15 patriots in each state, and for them to individually recruit another five, and then you could have a committee large enough to have subcommittees and just coordinate, division of labor. There's a lot that can be done. I'm not writing off every aspect of a blue state, but... It, but but you know this is where we need to start so at least if you're in one of those states like I am go to your adjacent red state you know you don't have to even go there you can meet however whatever technology you use to communicate and i'm telling you at least we're going to get on the map we're not even protesting it we didn't even make it hard the reason we are where i'm not saying we would have succeeded in march and april but had we made it trench warfare by now we would have succeeded so we're starting late but we got to start now if we want if we if we want sanity in 6 months from now now i just want to go over a couple other things you talk about the variants so there's two of them. There's the, the England one and the South African one. Notice how every single panic porn. When 
to begin with, they don't make sense. To begin with, they violate every law of science and learned experience. And then we have subsequent experience with this very virus on that very thing. And, and every study shows their premise is wrong and that their original intuition was right. Masks, asymptomatic not spreading, children not being a problem. Every single one. Same thing with the variants. Oh my God, this is the new thing. It's more deadly. It's going to get you. It's the, the, the immunity doesn't work. And we're like, if you're telling me it's more um, transmissible, that is the microevolutionary process that it always goes through, that it becomes less deadly and more transmissible so it could survive and not kill the host. It can't spread from a dead body. So the new B117 coronavirus variant, the Kent strain from England, a new analysis showed that there was no significant differences. It's from the UK uh, um, Times. There are no significant differences in the type, number, of, or duration of symptoms between areas with a high prevalence of B117 compared with those with a lower prevalence. And that this did not change as the new variant spread. There was also no difference in the proportion of reported hospitalizations and reinfections. The researchers identified 249 likely cases of reinfection during the study period. This is total of all variants, representing a reinfection rate of 0.7%. Again, that's less than 1%, which is comparable with previous studies of earlier virus variants. This is a positive sign that the immunity built through vaccination. Now, I think later on they do mention natural immunity, but they're trying to play up vaccination against the older variants could also be protective against B117. Dr. Claire Stevens from the School of Life Core Sciences said the Kent variant B117 does not appear to alter symptoms, severity, or duration of COVID-19 when we take account for the changing seasons and the age of people affected. It's important to emphasize the range of symptoms both the new and the old variant can cause, such as headaches and sore throat. In addition to yada yada, it's the same thing. Professor Tim Spector, OBE, from the School of Life Core Sciences said a key question was whether immunity would be lost with the new strain. Our analysis found that of every 1,000 people previously infected with the virus, only seven got reinfected, and that rate was not affected by the Kent variant. It's reassuring that reinfections are still really rare many months after previous infections, suggesting that both natural immunity and vaccines will be effective against this new strain. Now, I'd like to know what's going on in Israel with the vaccine and the endless infections, but I will say that natural immunity definitely does work. Another study, Brendan Larson and Michael Warby of the Department of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology at University of Arizona, Although COVID-19 UK variant B117 has been circulating in the U.S. since early to mid-November. That's basically their point, that it's been circulating since early to mid-November. Because it's always there before we catch it. Why aren't we seeing an explosion? Infection, hospitalizations, and mortality are way down now. Way down. You know, like, there's one thing to always have the, the, the most pessimistic prediction that engenders the biggest tyranny, even if it defies science. But at least once it's proven wrong, you got to stop. But each, everyone in the country knows so much that isn't so. 
They all know that kids are a problem. They all know asymptomatic spread. They all know masks work. And they all know that the variants aren't immune and that there's no natural immunity to the first variant. And the vaccine may, maybe does because vaccines are amazing, of course, and I'm saying that facetiously, but they don't work against the new variant. Notice all the coincidences, and they're all wrong. Florida, this study knows by the notes by the University of Arizona, exhibited more rapid displacement of non-B117 than California. In other words, Florida has had a greater circulation of B117. They're doing better than California. Clearly, it's not a problem. What about the South African variant? Cases are down, as I said, 90% since it started circulating. The Public Health of England, the government, has a study on the B117 variant in England. Not a problem. It's not as virulent. Or I shouldn't say that. Um... I, I don't think they conclude that to be more accurate. It's not they, they conclude it's not more virulent than the mainstream. I, I just don't know what to do anymore. We have all the science. We have all the stuff to confront them. What we haven't been doing is the pressure. Are are the Republican members, whether it's county or state, in any red area? Are they really feeling the pressure from our side? I don't think they are, and I don't think they have been. They're only going to feel it from the other side. And again, it's going to take a self-separating. See, first we have to get the law off ourselves. We have to have a sanctuary, because otherwise government will come after you. But then you have the private sector problem. So some of that's going to have to be lawsuits, ADA lawsuits. But we're going to have to self-separate have our own activities, our own stuff. We're going to have to come up with some sort of patriot school, patriot school system, a franchise of schools that's like homeschool style, but, you know, where you do have teachers where that could work and get paid and earn a living as a teacher that love to teach and not only not have to wear a mask, but also, you know, be able to be patriotic. We were, we were always trying to fight a losing battle in these schools anyway. They're gone. They've been gone forever. Evacuate from them. But again, I sympathize with some of you who you know can't homeschool because of your schedule. We need schools. And that's part of what these Liberty Strike Force teams that we're going to create within a state, and then you know if they get big enough, we could create a few of them by district and whatever. We could talk about that. It's going to be up to each district team. It's, I mean, you don't have to report back to me. I'm here to help. If you have questions, policy questions or whatever, but you guys are smart and you know a lot of smart people and you could do this anonymously. You know, you could have, again, a lot of people because of their jobs, some people could be more vocal, so they'll be the face of it. If you want to do more writing, prepared statements and speeches and circulars and publishing stuff, ghost writing it, feeding people with, with, with information, and you have to be more private. You could be private. But the idea is we're going to put people from this show together. Um, what we're going to do at some point when we get a critical mass of names in each state, we're going to send out an individual email to you and say, hey, look, do you mind if all of you guys are connected? Right? So when you sign up, you don't have to worry about right away, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be outed. No. 
we're going to do this in a sensitive way, we're going to ask permission. And if the answer is yes, everyone who says yes, I'm going to dump you guys together. Look, these are the show listeners from Indiana. I just say that because I had a listener today and, and Tina, who's our coordinator um, for the Facebook page and has done yeoman's work and she doesn't get paid. I wish I could pay her. Uh, Tina is from Indiana and look, you got super duper majorities there. You have so many conservative counties. There's so much you can do in a state like that. Let's get 20 people together and you can grow that division of labor. It's, there, there is no magic pill. There's no silver bullet. There's a lot we can do. And with God's help, we will do that. More tomorrow on this. Again, email me, dharwitz at blazemedia.com. We're going to get this website set up. Conaction.network. I don't know if it's actually working. It certainly doesn't have much on it. There is the form there, but I don't know if it's working yet. So you might want to wait off with that. I'm not inaugurating it yet, but I do want you to know you know, conaction.network, it's going to be a concert, uh, Constitution Action Network. Um, it's going to be a unique concept, all driven bottom-up, no paid salaries. Um, if there's ever really big expenses at some point, we could try to crowdsource, but for now, I, I want to avoid that. And we're going to go state by state, county by county, but we can do it simultaneously if we have different people from different areas. One person feels helpless. You get 20 people, you'd be surprised at how much noise you can make publicly. You target people individually. You meet with your sheriff. You know, we'll have different agenda items. And again, you don't have to take your marching orders from me. I'm sure you see what's going on there. You see the important issues, but it's going to be pushing back against Biden's executive orders, making it a sanctuary, blocking enforcement of it, mass mandates, the schooling, um, all this stuff. Tracking the best pieces of legislation in the legislature. Another big thing that we have to push, I'm just going to end with this because I could go on forever. We have to keep the legislatures open. I know they're not great, but it's the only thing we have. You can't have a governor declaring emergency and ha ha ha, come April 1st. I mean, it ranges a little bit, but roughly around there in most states. Oh, you're out of, you're out of business. I could do what I want for another seven months, eight months. No, it doesn't work that way. The legislatures, they have to pass a new bill to go to stay in session. So at least we have some recourse to pressure. This, this is sick, what is going on. I don't care if you're a liberal. I don't care if you love mass and are into the COVID fascism. But I think we all have to agree. We all agree, we believe in democracy. And you can't have one man making such sensitive and life-changing decisions without a legislature. I mean, th- that should be a neutral proposition. Look, you might think we need more fascism than the governor. Okay, so you need the legislature, right? I mean, whatever your opinion is, this should be a universal thing. If in a time like this, the legislatures have to be in session or have the ability to come back in session at any, at any point. You can't have a governor do the most earth-shattering, tyrannical things and be like, ha ha ha, I'm not inviting you guys back in. I'm not calling a session. I could do what I want. Come on. This is why I'm an independent. And those of you who listen that call yourselves liberals, show some independence for once like I do. I think the Republican Party is a toilet. 
you can't look me in the eye and say everything the Democrats do is, is gospel. You, you got to have a little bit of independence. As human beings, we should be able to at least agree on certain propositions that you need oversight and you need separation of powers. But evidently not. Whatever is liberal, you could run as a dictatorship. The means justify the ends. It's, it's, it's truly sickening. But folks, thanks for listening. Send this show to everyone you know, not because I need revenue and need listeners. I'm not making any more money anyway. It's so literally I could actually make a difference. More importantly, you can make a difference. And we could turn this audience into an activism tool, which is all I want. I don't care if I ever get the credit, if I ever get it. I only want a bigger audience to have a bigger you know, influence just to make a difference. If I had these audiences of people with millions of downloads in, 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 a, in a day, much less a week, man, the stuff I would do with that. But they're, they're all about themselves. They pick the least consequential things to focus on. Don't put pressure. Name names of these governors. Complain about stupid things. It's truly a shame. People who are looking for change and looking for something different, see our podcast. This is your place to come. And again, we're going to start a new website, conaction.network. It's going to start off as a landing page. We'll populate it more. But you don't need much. You know the issues already. You just need to organize other people. So what I could provide to you is if you're listening to the show that says a lot about you and what your values are, and you're like, man, I wish I knew other people like this. That's all I could do for you. The rest you'll have to take from there. And I think you're smart enough to do that. The problem is each person's kind of alone and doesn't know what to do. And it's very hard to do anything. You start a name, call it an organization, um, Tennesseans for Liberty Action, I, whatever. You make up your own name, have your own satellite website, and I'll link to it on the national website in general. But, you know, there's no rules. I mean, obviously, if you start promoting COVID fascism, we'll kick you out. But you know what I mean? This is very decentralized. I'm not looking for fame, glory, money, anything. I, I, I can't live with my kids like this. I, I can't have them grow up. My baby is never going to see humanity. I mean, I can't have that. You can't have that. This has got to stop. It's got to stop. With God's help, he'll bless our efforts with our prayers, with our repentance. Hopefully, we'll start to see the fruits blossom in the coming weeks. Thank you for listening, and God bless you all. Amen.